This episode was made possible by the generous support of listeners like you. For more information, please visit patreon.com slash author Chris Lester. I strive to make this podcast a safe and inclusive place for my listeners. If I've missed any content warnings, please let me know. Content warnings for this episode include mature themes and negative cultural values, including patriarchy, classism, internalized sexism, and kinkphobia. The views expressed by the characters do not represent the views of the author. You're listening to The Raven and the Writing Desk, the weekly podcast about the writings of Chris Lester and Liminal Corvette Press. This is episode 335. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to The Raven and the Writing Desk. I am Chris Lester, your guide to the fantastical world of Metamore City. You can learn more about me and my work at chrislester.org and metamorecity.com. This is the show where I share my fresh new fiction with you and tell you the latest on all my writing endeavors. So let's get right to it. Here is this week's story. Today I'm bringing you Chapter 18 of Honor Bound by L.C. Williams. If you're new to the show, don't start here. Go back to Episode 318 to hear this story from the beginning. The following recap will contain spoilers. In last week's episode, Lord Bellevue took Natasha aside for a private conversation. First, he asked for her opinion on the Veterans Bill that Noble Alex is trying to rally support for. Bellevue was wrestling with the idea of creating a large government program to take care of those in need. The way he was raised, taking care of their people is supposed to be the nobility's job. Natasha pointed out that if he helps this bill to pass, then that's exactly what the Baron will be doing. Maybe he won't get the credit for it that he would if he were helping someone directly, but that doesn't really matter as long as the person is being helped. Lord Bellevue then turned the conversation in a more personal direction, asking Natasha why she left her job as a guard for House Hassan. This put Natasha in an awkward position, since she couldn't tell Bellevue that she was fired for having sex with his daughter. But it turned out that Lord Bellevue had already guessed that Natasha was attracted to women, and that some bigot on Hassan's staff had objected to her presence there. This was close enough to the truth to be getting on with. Lord Bellevue then told Natasha that he wanted to hire her, as a bodyguard for Lady Honor. Honor's disappearance at the ball made Bellevue realize that he can't protect her here in the city, not without confining her to their apartment, which she isn't willing to do. Natasha's presence would give Honor the freedom to go where she wishes, while still ensuring her safety. Natasha was stunned at this offer. Most noblewomen don't have personal bodyguards— not even women much more important than Lady Honor. But Lord Bellevue had thought of that, too. He proposed that Natasha should present herself as a lady's companion, a woman of gentle breeding who was hired to live with an unmarried lady and serve as her chaperone when she was out in public. Of course, Natasha's rustic heritage strained the definition of gentry, but Bellevue was convinced that they could make it work. Then, if Honor ever found herself in trouble— Natasha could step in to protect her. The idea of spending more time in Honor's company was certainly tempting for Natasha, 
Belvie was inviting her to share the most intimate spaces of Honor's life. Coupled with his earlier realization about her sexual orientation, Natasha wondered if she was being hired to provide more than just friendship and protection. Lord Bellevue quickly assured her that she was not being hired as a sex worker. He clearly wasn't bothered by the idea of Honor and Natasha developing an intimate relationship, but if they did, that was between the two of them. When she was alone with Lord Bellevue, Natasha didn't have to pretend it wasn't happening, but she shouldn't reveal it to anyone else. Bellevue also urged Natasha not to tell Honor that they had discussed the possibility of such a relationship. I know things about Honor that she does not yet know about herself, he said. Things she could not hear from me, even if I could find the words to tell her. She is Sylvia's child in so many ways. Bellevue hoped that through Natasha's companionship, Honor could come to understand what she needed from a romantic partner. Hopefully that would let her avoid the sort of heartbreak and scandal that had enveloped her mother. Lord Bellevue blamed himself for the collapse of his marriage, because he didn't let himself see what Sylvia needed until it was too late. He wants to save Honor from the same fate, but Honor has internalized so many toxic ideas about her own mother that she might sabotage her own happiness, if she understood what her father was trying to do. Natasha didn't completely understand all of this, and she was uneasy about keeping secrets from Honor. Lord Bellevue wanted so many different things from her. A fancy girl to escort Honor in society, a bodyguard to keep her safe, and a lover to help Honor understand her own needs and desires. There were so many ways this could go wrong. But Natasha thought back to the time she had already shared with Honor, and the searing goodbye kiss that had left her breathless, and felt a quiver of excitement and anticipation. She bowed deeply to Lord Bellevue, and accepted his offer. Honor Bound The House of Bellevue Book One Written by L.C. Williams Narrated by Vivian Ferrari Chapter 18 Companion Tuesday, April 3rd Honor stared at Lord Bellevue in disbelief. A lady's companion? she asked. Father, are you joking? Lord Bellevue sat across from her at the little breakfast table in her chambers. He raised his cup of coffee to his lips, then paused, his eyebrows raised. I'd have thought you would be more pleased, he said mildly. You seem to find her company enjoyable enough. Honor thought again of Natasha, of her eyes like storm clouds, of her lovely face with its cold, wolfish beauty, of her hair, long and golden, spilling in curtains over broad and powerful shoulders, of her muscular arms and strong, steady hands. She shivered, a wave of fresh arousal running through her, and she prayed that father did not notice it. I... I do, she admitted. But that isn't the point. She's a peasant from a mountain village in the middle of nowhere. She'd be a laughingstock. And I will be a laughingstock for having her at court with me. I don't think you're giving her enough credit, father said. 
She served in our military for years, so she understands discipline and authority. She served in the Duke's house, so she knows what to expect in our world. All she needs is a bit of polish. I trust you to handle that. Honor blew out her breath in exasperation. But why? If you want to help her, why not just hire her as a guard, or, or as a groom for the stables? I do not need any more guards or more grooms, Lord Bellevue said patiently. What I do need is a suitable companion to accompany you during our time in the capital. Miss Volkova looks the part, and she has the skills I deem most important for such a role. Honor snorted. What skills do you... She closed her lips on the rest of that question, as her brain belatedly caught up with what he was saying. Lord Bellevue saw her eyes widen in understanding, and he gave her a small nod, a hint of a smile. Oh, oh, father, no, please, I, I am not some, some porcelain doll, I am a grown woman. Lord Bellevue held up a hand, and Honor perforce fell silent. He set down his coffee, reached across the table, and took her hand. Honor he said gently. I love you more than anything in this world. If any harm should come to you, it would drive me into an early grave. He leaned in a little closer to her, his expression quietly pleading. You are a woman now, but I beg you, be patient with an old man's fears. Let me do this one small thing to protect you. Honor looked into his eyes, saw the earnestness there, and sighed. Natasha is many things, she said, her tone dry but resigned. Small is not one of them. Lord Bellevue chuckled. <laughs> I did notice that, yes. She squeezed his hand. Does she know? Did you explain what will be expected of her if she does this? She does, and I did, he said. She understands that for this to work, we must keep up the pretense of her being landed gentry. I believe you will find her willing to learn, if you are willing to teach her. Honor teaching Natasha something? That would be a change of pace. She let go of her father's hand and sat back in her chair. Well then, she said. I suppose we shall see how it goes. Lord Bellevue beamed at her. Thank you, my dear. They spent the rest of breakfast chatting about trivialities, which Anna forgot almost as soon as the words were spoken. Her mind was elsewhere, wrestling with the storm of emotions that father's decision had stirred up inside her. Part of her was undeniably thrilled that Natasha would be staying with them. She was beautiful, and strong and caring, and the things she could do in bed were nothing short of mind-blowing. Honor had only been half-joking when she told Natasha that she wanted to stay in her bed forever. But deep down, Honor had let herself surrender to Natasha so completely because she knew it wasn't forever. It was an adventure, a fling, something reckless and outrageous that she had done to claim her independence as a grown woman. 
But now Natasha was staying as a member of their household. She would be Honor's companion, her bodyguard, her chaperone, with her day and night. And that made everything so much more complicated. Honor knew there was something twisted and wrong inside her. The dark desires that had led her to Natasha were proof of that. What if Natasha came to realize this wasn't a game for Honor, that she really was this awful, twisted girl who deserved to be punished, this wicked progeny of a wicked mother? Could she still be a companion to such a person? Would she even want to be? Then there were Honor's duties to her house, to find a suitable partner, to marry. What if Natasha grew jealous as Honor and her suitors got to know each other? As her chaperone and guardian, she would be forced to watch every moment of courtship, to be nearby in every intimate moment Honor and her partners shared. What if she resented that? She had already admitted that she might become jealous of noble Alex for their flirting. What if she came to hate Honor, but stayed on, always at her side, because she could not afford to leave? Or, and Honor did not know if this was better or worse, what if she gave herself completely to this bond with Natasha? As Honor's companion, Natasha would be expected to be with her night and day. Honor could share a room, even a bed with her, and no one would question it. What if their attraction grew into a love so deep, so powerful, that Honor could not bear to take a proper suitor? Or what if she did take a suitor, and married, and did all that was expected of her, but then she betrayed her spouse, because she could not end things with Natasha? What if she was tempted to abandon her duties to house and empire, as her traitorous mother had done? What if she were stripped of her name and titles, and cast out into the world with the lover who had led her astray? And Father, God's bless him, was oblivious to all these perils. He looked at Natasha and saw a good woman, a noble warrior, a faithful soldier who had fallen on hard times and needed his help. She was someone he could count on to keep his daughter safe in a dangerous city. He could not imagine the dark appetites inside honor that Natasha had stoked and fed, like coal shoveled into the boiler of a steam engine. He could not know that, even now, his darling daughter was fantasizing about being bound to that mighty woman's bed and fucked until she screamed. Another shiver ran through Honor's body at the thought. The image was so vivid in her mind's eye. I don't even need the amulet anymore. Gods help me. At length, Lord Bellevue finished his meal and set down his napkin on the plate. Well, I should be going, he said. More meetings today with other peers, with senators... I expect it shall be rather exhausting. Is this about the Townsend Bill? Honor asked. Not today, Bellevue said. Well, perhaps it will come up, but it's not the main purpose. It's about that succession bill the Senate is sending us. Count Brightleaf asked to sit down with some of us centrists, give us the progressive argument in favor of the bill. We agreed to give him a hearing. Of course, then Halloway, Drowling, and the other conservatives had to have their say, so... He shrugged. Despite the worries swirling in her mind, 
Honor found herself interested. Do you think the council will approve it? It's too soon to tell, Father said. Cousin Tyrrell is campaigning hard against it, but there's a progressive spirit in the air these days. We've just won a great war, our soldiers are coming home, and the world seems full of possibilities. It's going to be the 20th century in only a few years, after all. Some say the days of old men making all the decisions are coming to an end, or should be. He smiled down at her, put a gentle hand on her shoulder. If it does pass, get ready to learn a lot more about politics. You'd be our new scion, then. I remember, Honor said, her voice soft. The idea still felt alien to her, but after seeing noble Alex make their passionate appeal to that crowd of old soldiers, she thought she could understand its appeal. What would it be like to do something important? Oh, certainly the lady of a house had responsibilities, people to manage, lands to take care of. But the work Alex was doing could potentially help millions of people. And they did it while looking more womanly than I do. Well, no need to worry about it yet, Father said, bending down and kissing her forehead. Are you going to see Alex today? The thought of it made Honor smile. Yes, they have visiting hours this afternoon, so I thought I'd head round for tea. They've promised me some sightseeing, if the weather is good. Splendid, Father said. Tell them I said hello, won't you? I shall. Honor promised. Lord Bellevue flashed her a parting smile, then headed out. Mabel came in moments later, wheeling a cart for the dirty dishes. Good breakfast, milady, she asked, in her usual bright, chirpy voice. Very good, thank you, Honor said. Mabel, is Miss Volkova awake yet? Mabel's expression darkened noticeably at the mention of the woman. Last I saw her, she was half out of her covers and had naught but her drawers on, she said, as she continued stacking plates on the cart. I tried to open the curtains, and do you know what she did? Lobbed a bleeding pillow at me. She shook her head dolefully. I had the kitchen girls bring up some strong coffee and few muffins with jam. No sense wasting a hot breakfast on that kind. It'll only get cold before she pulls a sorry self out of bed. Honor narrowed her eyes, raised her chin, and let her voice take on its coolest, sharpest tones. Miss Mabel. That made Mabel stop. She turned Honor's way, her eyes gone as big and round as if the furniture had begun barking orders at her. Miss Volkova is my guest, Honor said coolly. And, as of this morning... My lord father has welcomed her into our house as my lady's companion. If possible, Mabel's eyes grew even larger. He what? Honor raised her eyebrows. I believe I spoke quite clearly. Am I mistaken? A touch of fear shone in Mabel's eyes now. Honor had seen that look on Mabel before, but never because of her. The maid ducked her chin stood up a bit straighter, and looked down at her hands. No, miss. Good. 
Honor let the word stand for a beat, then added, Please ask the kitchen to prepare Miss Volkova a proper breakfast. And when she is done, you are to take her measurements. Mabel's eyes flicked up at her warily. Measurements, miss? As my companion, Miss Volkova will require clothes, Honor said patiently. Nightgowns, dressing gowns, house dresses, morning wrappers, visiting toilet, walking dresses, dinner dresses, at least five of each, plus two fine reception dresses, bathing suit, riding habit, and ball gown. Mabel looked as if she might faint. Goodness, miss, has the woman got no clothes at all? Nothing suitable to a lady's companion, Honor said. And she must look the part, Mabel. She softened her tone then, reached out and took her maid's hand. You've always taken such good care of me. Please do the same for her, all right? Mabel still didn't look happy, but she smiled a little at the praise. All right, miss, I'll see to her. The smile turned lopsided. Best to see if I can find a stepladder, I suppose. Honor smiled back. Thank you, Mabel. I knew I could count on you. Mabel finished cleaning up and hurried out, leaving Honor alone with her conflicted thoughts. She sat and nursed her coffee until the cup had gone cold, then went over to the window that looked out on the street below. The view made her worries fade into the back of her mind. It was a bright and sunny day, and the smog had cleared enough to see the barrier mountains in the east, tall and purple and still capped with snow. On the street below, people were already bustling about, in carriages and on foot. At the corner, a paperboy stood hawking his wares, shouting out the headlines next to a stack of papers as tall as himself. In the distance, an airship came in to land at Matthias Airfield, slowly descending toward one of the huge mooring towers. Off to her right, a train whistle blew, loud and close enough that Honor could hear it clearly through the glass. Buildings stretched away in every direction, as far as she could see, excepting the mountains anyway. The city was so big, so full of people, so alive. Honor wanted to see it all. And she realized, in a moment of insight, that her father knew that. They had always been close, and he had fed her on stories of adventure and exploration since she was a little girl. Of course she would want to go everywhere, see everything. For a lady alone, unescorted, that would be impossible in a place like Metamore. She would have been limited to the safe places, to nobles' apartments and the duke's court, and the gardens, restaurants, and theaters that catered only to the elite. But for a lady and her fearsome bodyguard? They could go almost anywhere. A cut purse or a kidnapper would not dare to touch her with Natasha looming at her side. Father's softly pleading voice came back to her. Be patient with an old man's fears. Let me do this one small thing to protect you. She smiled closing her eyes and leaning her forehead against the glass. Thank you, father. You know me better than I know myself. About this, anyway. Father could not possibly have guessed about Honor's other desires, 
or all the delicious and terrible ways that Natasha could fulfill them. Honor would need to navigate that side of things on her own. But for the freedom to see the world outside her window, she could manage it. The confusion, the uncertainty, the fear of her own desires, she would face it all. Her freedom would be worth it. Turning her back on the window, she left her chambers and headed down the hall to wake her new companion. And that concludes Honor Bound, Book One of the House of Bellevue. Come back next week as we begin Book Two, Honor Tested. The House of Bellevue will be released over 51 weeks at a rate of one chapter per week. If you'd like to listen to it faster, all three books are available now on Amazon and Audible. To learn more about these characters and their world, please visit www.authorlcwilliams.com. Francoise Sagan said, I shall live badly if I do not write, and I shall write badly if I do not live. So, let's see what life has brought me this week. It's time for the Weekly Writing Report. This update covers the week of June 25th through July 1st. I wrote 4,054 words this week, over the course of 6.25 hours, for an average writing speed of 649 words per hour. I wrote on 5 out of 7 days this week. Looking back at the month of June... I wrote a total of 6,147 words in 10 days, averaging 615 words per day. That ranks 70th out of 86 months since I started this show. I spent 11.5 hours writing in June. Compared to May, my word count decreased by 26%, but my writing time increased by 7%. This week I continued my edits for Out of the Shadows. I also did some more development work for the next House of Bellevue novel. I've decided that much of this book will be written from the viewpoint of a new character, Evelyn Vale, or Evie, who is hired to be Honor's new lady's maid, because Mabel is going to retire when Honor gets married. Secretly, Evie is a stunt reporter for a pro-labor newspaper, and she's working undercover on a story about the growing dispute between workers and the nobility. But living with honor complicates Evie's view of the situation, as she slowly comes to trust and respect this woman that she was trained to see as an enemy. In light of this new focus for the plot, I've decided to change the title of this novel. The new title, of course, is Maid of Honor. Join my Patreon at the $3 level or higher, and you can get more updates on this story as I'm writing it. If you'd like to share your thoughts about the show, send your feedback in text or audio to metamorecityfeedback at gmail.com. To leave a voicemail, dial area code 641-715-3900, then enter extension 255-082, followed by the pound sign. My Facebook is facebook.com slash author Chris Lester. The fan group is fans of Metamore City on Facebook, and our Discord server is Metamore City. I'm there pretty often, so come say hi. If you like this show, please consider leaving a review at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Podchaser.com, 
It really helps people find the show. That's all for this week. I'll be back next time with more fresh new fiction. Until then, keep it on the bright side. This is Chris Lester, signing out. The contents of this podcast are copyright 2022 by Chris Lester and Liminal Corvid Press. The show is released under a Creative Commons, Attribution, Non-Commercial, No Derivatives License. So don't change it, don't sell it, but feel free to share it all you like. For more information about this license, please visit creativecommons.org.